I want to spend some time today talking about amazement. We use this word all the time. Wow, that's amazing. It's used so much, it's almost lost some of its flair. Are those shoes really amazing? Is that chili really amazing? Is this sermon really amazing? I don't know, it's just what I'm told. (laughs) All of us have been through something actually amazing, though. Maybe it's something a little more trivial, but nonetheless special. Maybe it's something that actually changed our lives. The dictionary, or at least Google's dictionary, said amazing causes great surprise, wonder, or astonishment. Those are really just other words for amazing, right? Even the dictionary (laughs) has a hard time getting at what amazement really is and what it feels like. But when it happens, we all know it. As we talk about amazing today, I want you to dig deep, down into your life. Think about something that is actually in the category of amazing. For me, it's moments like seeing Andrea walk down the aisle and holding Nora for the first time. Oh, and September 30th, 2014. Let's take a look. Using it to their greatest advantage tonight. Now looking for a two-out hit. Pass third into left field. The Kansas City Royals are walking off into the ALDS. Come on. Like, Kit, our drummer, before the service started, said, I got a little choked up. I got a little choked up. Look at George Brett's face, right? He couldn't believe it. That's amazement. Do you feel the joy that comes with amazement? I believe today this is how we can find life, even in the midst of our weariness, because we know it's there This Advent, we have been looking for ways to rejoice. How to live in a world even even though everybody knows that we can feel the weight and the weariness of our time. I talked to some friends the other day. They're big gift givers. They said even this year, they just don't have the same spark to give gifts. We're constantly inundated with things that are happening in our city, our country, our world, halfway around the world. We feel like we have no way to help or change. Is there a road to rejoicing even amidst the weight and weariness of all of this? I have to admit, I wrote this sermon for myself as much as I did thinking about all of you today. I believe there is a way a path in the wilderness that has been lit 
by a bright star. If only we will take the time to notice. Over the past few weeks, we've been working up through the birth story of John the Baptist, which of course is the precursor to all of our amazing Jesus birth stories. We heard about the weariness present in this story that extends to us today. We met the future parents of John the Baptist with Elizabeth and, of course, Zechariah, who is a little, who's having a little trouble believing that they will have a child. And the angel tells him, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't believe an angel either, I guess. He is then forced to remain silent for the entire birth. Our passage today starts in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. I'm going to read this for you here. When the time came for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they had heard the Lord had shown her great mercy. On the eighth day, it came, it came time to circumcise the child. They wanted to name him Zechariah because that was his father's name. But his mother replied, no, his name will be John. He said to her, none of your relatives have this name. Then they began gesturing to his father to see if he, what he wanted him to be called. After asking for a tablet, he surprised everyone by writing, his name is John. At this moment, Zechariah was able to speak again, and he began praising God. All of their neighbors were filled with awe, and everyone throughout the Judean highlands talked about what had happened. All who heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then will this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with them. I hope God will add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this scripture today. There is so much here just wrapped up in cultural context, but there are things that would have literally made people like fall down. <laughs> A deep sense of wonder would have ensued by hearing this passage back then. We learned that Zachariah would be unable to speak for the entire duration of the pregnancy. Guys, take notes. But I think this moment is really important for us today. It matters that Zechariah bucks against the cultural norms of his time. Not only do people of the, um, of the village see that this is a special birth because of the circumstances, Zechariah specifically follows the words of an angel and calls his child John. This, of course, is nothing to say with, about Elizabeth going along with this whole thing. I want to focus on the amazement that the people are experiencing. They're filled with wonder at the birth of John. Most of us have felt some sort of awe that comes along with something amazing happening to someone we know. We celebrate with people, right? There must, be, there must have been such a party with this birth. They do not move on quickly either. There is a little, there's a little verse here that says, in 66 that says, all who heard considered it carefully. Aren't we a culture that fails to hold our attention spans for anything enough to be done 
carefully. <laughs> How many times have we moved away from a moment only to realize the importance of that moment afterwards, but it's already gone? I think this is a cultural norm that we can buck against. We are inundated with so much stuff all the time. It becomes just easy to move on. Culture tells us, right? Just move on. Nothing to see here. Buy the next thing. See the next superhero movie. <laughs> we have an entire world that is built upon what comes next. It dulls our senses to experience the things that are truly amazing. Since the pandemic, many doctors have been researching ideas like cognitive overload and cognitive paralysis. They were noticing patients coming in completely overwhelmed, and they were trying to get to the bottom of it. Doctors at the Mayo Clinic wrote about their findings. We are capable of receiving more information than ever before in history. TV, social media, news, books, podcasts, whatever else, not including every human interaction we have. Friends, family, children, meetings, strangers in the pickup line at school, or our morning coffee. They explain this leading to an overload in our brain. Is this speaking to anybody? Because I feel this. Of course, reactions may vary but, um, between people, but for the most part, they found two things that happened when people reached this cognitive overload. They experienced increased anger and, passif and passivity. Anger and apathy. If we looked at our, li at our lives around this time of year, do you think any of us would be on the brink of cognitive overload? How many of us have skedaddled on past that line? I want you to think about allowing yourself to be amazed. What are two things would destroy that amazement so quickly? Anger and apathy. These two things will be the death of your amazement, of your joy, of your ability to rejoice. This is a world that does not experience full life. This is a world that is cold, is less interested in what is actually going on, and cannot experience amazement. To bring it back to our brains, we know, this, uh, we know this situation could happen. All of us have lived through a multi-year pandemic, wild political seasons. We are constantly all but forced to be scholars of foreign affairs, and everything is so freaking expensive. When the overload hits, it is easy for us to get angry, curse, scream. Yes, your pastor cusses sometimes. It's okay. We'll all be fine. You might scream a little bit. Or some of us dig ourselves into our political trenches, sit in our echo chambers, and yell about the people over there 
the people in here. We can also get cold too, right? We can just get cold to the world. Can't change it. Can't help it. Nothing we can do. There is a huge difference between apathy and serenity. Apathy doesn't love. It doesn't allow you to feel the amazement of life. It focuses on what never could instead of what already has. Have you ever met a person with enough space in their life to be serene? They wonder. They delight. They stretch their words out. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It's almost like they've been freed to speak for the very first time or freed to experience something for the very first time, like really experience it. The story of Zechariah shows us a way to be freed to speak for the first time, even when we can't speak. When we, can't, uh, when we can listen, we can, even when we can't speak, we can still listen for the voice of God to tell us to slow down. Know that God has done great things and God will do those things again. What if we were a people that lived that right now? We say it all the time. What if we were fo- so focused on living in the amazement of God that we set boundaries in our lives? that allowed us to actually have room to be amazed. Our world is so fast. Better hurry up. Our bodies tell us this is so wrong. But we keep pressing on anyways, don't we? What if we stopped? I think we would realize how empty some of our racing truly is. Of course... It's not good for business. Millions and billions of dollars are spent each year to make sure that your amazement is short-lived and keep you chasing for the next one instead of experiencing this one. I don't want you to hear judgment here with any of this. All of your pastors struggle with this too. Everyone I've ever met struggles with this. I want you to hear instead the voice of God telling you, just as it told Zechariah, stop and be amazed. Don't give in to anger that tells you everything is awful, the world is broken, and just start shouting and just start hating. Don't give in to apathy that traps you into believing the world is only one way and you just have to go with it. The world is weary. Yeah, we are weary. A cure for weariness is allowing yourself to be amazed. It's like a balm for the soul. Start slow. Be amazed at something that you have experienced lately. Just something small. Here is something that is really hard for me. 
put down your phone. Be in a moment together. Don't run away from it. Ask yourself, what are you feeling? Maybe you aren't amazed. That's okay. Look for something to be amazed by. Trust me, things are all around you. A few months ago, Pastor Evie mentioned something about student lunch debt in schools, and it just kind of like was an offhand comment. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a really big deal. And I moved on. Later that week, I saw a news article about it. I do have to admit, my first thought was anger. Why are we doing this to kids? Give them the food. Right? But I didn't fully give in. Later that week, as we were planning um, our Concerts with Walter series, I remembered being in awe of how many people came up to me during the concert and just asked, how do I give money to this? How do I keep this thing going? How do I make sure that you all know how thankful I am that you all have big, awesome events here that make me feel joy? Rather than give into apathy, saying there's nothing I can do, there's nothing we can do about this problem of lunch debt, I called the principal of Southeast Elementary, our partner school, and I said, hey, we have a concert coming up. If we, look at, if we do an offering that night, how much would we need to raise to eliminate the student lunch debt of Southeast Elementary? On October 30th, he told me that there was $2,454.30 of debt in his school, just his school. I started thinking about how many people come to those concerts. That's less than $10 a person. How cool would it be if we did that? So the night came. We told the story. 4000 dollars we raised for a school in one night. Because a bunch of people didn't give in to apathy, didn't give in to anger, and said, I can be a part of this. Maybe I can only give of my little part, but that's all we needed to do this for these kids. Some parents are going to get, I don't know how this works. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making up this in my mind. Par- parents are gonna see at some point that they don't have any debt. They're going to be like looking at their account on, what, on, on their school and they're going to see, oh, it's zero. Because a bunch of people just cared enough to give what was ever in their wallets or even give on Venmo. Don't run from this feeling. Don't run from the things that are happening here. Don't run from the amazement of this life. Sit in those moments. Take a deep breath. These are amazing things that can be done when we don't give in. When we are present in our weary world, as Jesus was, light becoming flesh and healing a weary, broken world. Will you allow yourself 
to be amazed by what God has done and what God will do again. Let's pray together. God, we pause. We pause in amazement of you and your work in the world. Help us not to be weighed down, not to be weighed down by weariness, especially the weariness we all know we encounter every single day. Hold us in moments of amazement. Let them be for us a balm to our soul that we may bring your light into the world. Amen.